Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is September 17th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host. As a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges that we face, but the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, aka discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today, September 17th, I am encouraged we have a guest, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> calling in from Southern California. Uh, this guy, I have not had too much exposure to him, but in the time that we have spent together, man, he has just a tender heart and a, a heck of a lot of work experience, experience as a dad, experience as a husband. So I'm excited to have him on the show. Without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Scott Chio. Scott, great to have you, man. Hi, John. How are I'm you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, did you used to be, were you ever a professional baseball player? No, okay. no. I just had a real devout time with baseball. I went as far as the Pac-10, played at Berkeley on scholarship. Uh, loved my playing experience. Uh, but yeah, I didn't go beyond college. Mm. I had in this image in my mind that you were like a first baseman for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and we were bringing on this former professional major league baseball player, but I'm finding out that that's not the case. Sorry to let you down, man. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. So, Hey, fill us in, man. You're in San Clemente, right? California. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Tell Southern Orange County. Family. Yeah. Southern Orange County, which is probably, let me guess, sunny there today. It's beautiful. It's beautiful and expensive. That's uh, what we pay for out here in Orange County. But yeah, so I am a uh, I'm a happily married man of 18 years. Got married at 20, and wow. uh, we now have six children and surprise one on the way. So numero siete. Come on, you kidding <laughs> I, me? Wow. I thought it, I, I'm going to wait to the podcast to tell you just to get that reaction right yeah. there. That was great. That is so, so cool, man. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Uh, so how, how old are the children? Real quick. We can't just we can't just skim over that. Six kids and a seventh on the way. How you're 38. How old mm -hmm. are the children? <clears throat> uh oldest is eleven. And then it goes to nine, seven, five, three, <coughs> three year old twins, and then a newborn coming soon in March. Five girls, one boy, my nine year old's my son. And then we don't know the gender of this next one, but coming soon. Wow. Your wife is a saint. She's incredible. Yeah. That, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. She, uh, she's the one that should be interviewed, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I do my best with support. Uh, real Proverbs 31 wife, man. Well, that's beautiful. You literally have taken the command of be fruitful and multiply and put it into practice. And I can't wait. I know, I know the heart that you have. I imagine the heart that your wife has, and I can't wait to see what those children are going to do in our world, just being raised in a godly home and be able to carry on generationally, uh, the faith in Jesus Christ. So, uh, how about professionally? Right. So professionally, I am currently a private banker. I work for a regional bank out here, city national bank. Well, they're, they're uh, nationwide, but, um, smaller bank and, uh, 
I've been in private banking for over a decade. Love it. So I work with high net worth individuals and try to find solutions for loans, deposits, and investments. Great. And are you from California? Born and raised out here in Mission Viejo, California. Uh, had some great times. Grew up a local high school, and yeah, it's, it's been great. I'm I'm a, I'm one of six boys, so you probably you should probably know that. Mm. I'm from a big family, um, but yeah. Where do you fall? In, where do you fall in that order? I'm second to oldest. Which, if you're from a big family and you're listening, second to oldest is the best slot. Second's the best, as, as the saying goes. So it's been good. <laughs> Second, and that's where your boy falls, right? The one boy out of five girls. That's right. Second that's right. That's yeah. Great. Well, we got to spend some time together back in February um, before COVID took place. I was out in Southern California. I had a, a great time with you and Mark Bundy out there and uh, got to hear about what was going on in, in your life and within CBMC out there locally. But uh, how did you get connected to CBMC? And before we, we answer that, I want to hear kind of your faith testimony. Quick two, three minutes. Yeah, Cliff Notes version. I mean, I, I was raised in the Catholic Church, just kind of went out of obligation as a, a young boy and um, didn't quite know who Jesus was growing up, uh, didn't really have that relationship. Uh, and so I, I was probably more married to baseball. Baseball was more my religion, just uh, devoted to that 100%. And then uh, just got to a point where I was in the height of my life. Baseball was going great. Um, social life was great. And it just felt like there was something more. I, I was missing out on something. And so I, I uh, my turning point was actually at a confessional uh, in the Catholic Church where I was wondering, why was I saying these Hail Marys and these Our Fathers? And I, I felt like I was looking at this crucifix up on the wall and thinking, why did he die for me? And, uh, and I just took his his command to pray in silence in the quiet of my room and just asked, who is he? He said, Jesus, who are you? I keep hearing more about you. So from that point on, I was about 19 years old and he answered my prayer. Uh through a dream. And then I opened up God's word. The words were flying off a page and my life has never been the same since. I've, I've had that personal relationship. It's been alive. It's been a roller coaster, but it's been awesome. Mm. Amen. What a neat story. What a powerful, powerful story of sitting there asking questions, right? I think oftentimes I, I had a guy tell me faith is not the absence of doubt. It's the processing of mm. doubt. And you, you finally sat there and kind of questioned, Hey, what, what's going on? Like, you know, who are you to me? And then that, that took you on this journey to where you are today. Uh, mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with uh, CBMC and what does that look like? And then I want to unpack your spiritual journey just a little bit more. Sure thing. So yeah, uh, CBMC was interesting. I uh, was looking for uh, a network group. Um, Networking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember I, I had uh, stumbled across Christian Business Network on uh, online and um I went to a meeting. I had all the, these business cards on me. I was fully dressed in my suit, just ready to go. And and uh, Marcelo Mills, who you had on this, this podcast earlier, he uh, he was leading the group. And and I remember I showed up and and he says, "All right, let's open up our, our Bibles and let's go dig into God's Word." And and we opened prayer. And the whole time, I'm again, I'm I'm business ready with my cards, like wait, waiting to talk about what I do. And, and the whole, the whole time was about Jesus. And I thought, this is amazing. Praise God for landing me here. Uh, and, you know, put those business cards away and I've been enjoying fellowship with CBMC ever since I've had just lifelong relationships built. I now lead a group in San Clemente. Uh, we're about two and a half years old and I've got a solid group of men there that I'm just blessed with every Tuesday morning. And we're meeting through zoom, which is a blessing still to, 
you know, while we're somewhat on lockdown, but, but yeah, it's just been an, an incredible life changer. Mm. Yeah. That's powerful. The old bait and switch. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so tell me you were, you, you were raised Catholic, very ritualistic. And then as you transitioned to, you know, taking a deeper dive into who is Jesus reading the word, what took place kind of in your early to mid twenties, you got married when you were 20. What were some of those things that took place? Some of those spiritual mile markers that you can look back on and say, these really transition, excuse me, transformed my relationship with the Lord. Oh man. Like I told you, it's been, it's been just a, an amazing roller coaster. I mean, I, I was single when I met Jesus and I felt like, Oh, I'll be single the rest of my life. I'm good. I've got my locked in relationship. And then months later I, I meet my wife and right away it was like, okay, we're supposed to get married and let's get married. And so we were young and in love and semi foolish. So we ran off, got married really quick. And we've beat the odds. 18 years later, we're still very happy. And, and then kids came and job changes came. And, you know, uh, as I mentioned, baseball was my life. I had that torn away from me in some ways and gave baseball lessons. I thought that was going to be my life. And then uh, turned out I was enjoying banking. I transitioned to banking. And God has just been moving me. And mm-hmm. I've never really quite had that, I'm going to do this. And, oh, I mean, I guess I did. But but God has just shooken me up and said, no, you're mine. Hmm. And it's been humbling. It's been um, incredible, just testimony after testimony along the way. And here I am at 38. I, I feel like I'm still semi-young. And I feel like I've just got so many more testimonies ahead. And it's, like I said, it's just constantly humbling to be under such an amazing God. Um, I'm just blown away every day. You know, there's a guy that tells me, he said, Hey, your tests become your testimony. Your tests become your testimony. And when I think about all these different steps along the way, um, I want to unpack a big part of your life, which is being a father to six children and a seventh on the way. So a lot of our listeners across the country are guys that are uh, in the millennial generation, which is 24 to 39 and the largest workforce, largest generation in the workforce right now, 24 to 39 year olds. So we are the now generation and the next generation. And a lot of these guys are going through these big life changes of getting married, starting a family, having children. So looking back now on your experience, you know, they say you can't learn from experience. You only learn from evaluated experience. So evaluating this experience of having six children, what are a few tips that you would say to some younger dads out there? Yeah, I, w- I would say number one, keep a heavenly perspective. Mm-hmm. That's that's been my practice since coming to Christ. Is constantly starting with the end and working backwards. And as Jesus says in so many parables, how amazing heaven is, and how we're also not citizens of this world. This world is temporary. We're citizens of heaven. Once you give your life to Christ, and I, I have to dwell on that a lot because having having a big family, it can be overwhelming. Um, but I would say if you're starting a family or maybe younger family, I mean, I'm, I'm still somewhat there too. I don't have teenagers yet. Right. So I, I have a long way to go, but just remembering that they're, we're stewarding those children. Mm. They're not our children. Um, we're responsible for raising them, but ultimately they're God's children. I was telling my nine-year-old son, I said, Hey, in heaven, we're going to be brothers, which is weird to think about. But right now I'm your dad. 
And, but the cool thing is both of us have a heavenly father. We're just having this conversation of what heaven looks like and what we have to look forward to. So it's, it's keeping that, that big picture in mind constantly. It really Mm. helps keep me centered. Mm. Say more about that. The heavenly perspective. (laughs) Oh man, there's a lot to say about it. Like I said, I'm, I have a, just a novel of testimonies that have come from just God's work. Um, and uh, yeah, I, again, I dwell on how temporary this world is we live in. Um, I have this image in my brain about being uh, on my, my, my dad's shoulder, shoulders as a child. Okay. And when you're on your parents' shoulders, you don't have much choice of where you go. You can point, you can say, can we go there? Can we go there? But at the end of the day, your, your parent is holding you on your shoulders and you're going where they're taking you. And that gives me a lot of comfort because I'm uh, as adopted children into the kingdom of heaven. It's important to remember that we're children. And I, I again, picturing myself in like, a, I guess more or less like an amusement park. I'm in Southern California. I'm right near Disneyland. So I grew up going to Disneyland a lot. And I remember there's just times where you wanted to go on a certain ride because you're used to that ride. And maybe your parents have something better in mind. You know, I want to go on Thunder Railroad. My parents want to show me Space Mountain. And I'm thinking, no, I want to go there. Uh, Just wait. Just wait, Scott. We're going to go on the Space Mountain. And then you go on that ride and you go, wow, that's my new favorite ride. But you you don't really know what, what, that they have your best interest in mind. And so when I think about my heavenly father and being a child, you know, I I think, man, he's got my best interest. And. Being a parent, as a lot of parents out there know, it is one of the best images of our relationship with God. Because I know my kids, they scream and they whine and complain when I want to take them somewhere. And it's hard to get them even just in the car and out of the car. And, and they're throwing temper tantrums. No, I want to stay here. I want to do that. I'm like, no, just come along. Let's go. I'm taking you somewhere better. Don't worry about it. I've got it under control. And so when I think about my Heavenly Father with me, how he sees me as a child. It's so comforting to know, okay, he's got it under control. And that's, I have to remember that. I have to dwell on that constantly, especially in this uncertain world we're living, living in currently, but then also just stages of life. Everything's so uncertain. It's, it's awesome to have a God that has it all together. What role has scripture played in your spiritual life? Oh man, it's, well, as, as some have described it, it's like a love letter, right? It's, it's like that. I mean, it's God's words, God's breathed words. I mean, the Old Testament, right? You go through the Old Testament, you're seeing the same human behavior and patterns, and you're seeing God's majesty constantly coming through, right? Just showing the same humans, hey, I'm here, I'm here. One of my favorite lines is, fear not, for I'm with you. And how many times do we read that? Do not fear. I'm with you. Fear not. I'm with you. It's just constantly reminder, reminding us he's with us, right? I mean, obviously, the Bible has just so many dimensions to it, so many layers of lessons, but it's just been that, I don't know, I want to, for lack of a better term, here's my Disney brain again, but just the Jiminy Cricket, right? Just constantly by our side and, and preaching to us, reminding us, it's all good. I've got you. Have you always had a, a Disney brain, Scott, or was that brought on from the six children? 
<laughs> yes, always. Um, I one of six boys. We we grew up uh, on a lot of movies, and um, so yeah, I I tend to refer back to a lot of Disney references, and mm. um, and even gosh, there's there's some elements. You know, I know Disney is on on its own track with things, but uh, there's some elements of kids' movies that I take away from where there can there's a lot of kind of gospel parallels um, that they're fun to take away. It's fun to take secular things and turn them into a spiritual thing. We could probably start a whole nother podcast on that, but <laughs> shifting it back to a little bit of your professional life, you've been in private banking and obviously it, it comes out of you just how authentic your relationship with the Lord is and how committed you are to the walk. And I think it's safe to say that we live on the mountaintop, but we're not always home right? The Christian life is not a guaranteed life free of challenge and free of pain and free and suffering. I would actually say contradictory to that. It's full of all of those things, but the relationship with Jesus then allows us the opportunity to have the fruits of the spirit prevalent in our life. Everything from love and joy and peace and patience and uh, kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these all these attributes that I think at the end of the day, most humans really want to illustrate in their life. One thing that I've picked up on from Marcelo, and I'm curious your thoughts on it, is how do you really live out your faith? How do you act as a follower of Jesus in your workplace where you spend 40, 50 hours, 60 hours a week uh, in that environment? Gosh, well said, John. You just preached a good sermon and a question right there. That was great. Well, yeah, you, you like vulnerability. So let I me do. get vulnerable with you, okay? Um, and as I've been texting you and saying, hey, pray pray for this thing, I'll, I'll just give you an example of something recent. Uh, with COVID, feds have dropped the rate and uh, down to zero, and that hurts banks' revenues. I'm in banking. And if you talk to any banker out there, most likely – their bank is hurting as well with revenue, okay? We, we were on a trajectory of everything going well with rates kind of picking up and business going great, COVID happens and boom, uh, we take a big hit. So we get a call from our boss and our boss's boss that, hey, the market is what it is. Feds aren't gonna be picking up the rate here in the next few years. Um, so we're gonna be taking a close look at all bankers and figuring out who we wanna keep, right? So basically a big sign that layoffs are coming. So again, I'm, I'm going to be very upfront and candid. And I, I usually am. I'm a very open book. And so I'm having a one-on-one -on -one talk with my boss and he's like, you're one of the newer bankers, Scott. And I just want to be very upfront that of there's five or six of you that were onboarded two years ago, or, you know, you're all, you're all still building. So if we don't see something aggressive, you five or six are going to be kind of first in first out. And again, more sobering, right? The boat's rocking. I'm in the I'm in, I'm in the storm, and it was at that point where it's like, okay, you know, as a human in the flesh, I can panic and worry, and maybe throw out the sob stories, throw out excuses to my boss, right? But it was at that point I, I really praise God for His Spirit at that moment, and I, I was just able to tell my boss, listen, he knows I'm a Christian. I just told him, you know, I'm a man of faith, and I'm going to work hard, but. I know everything's going to be okay, uh, one way or the other. Um, and there's there's been that was two weeks ago, John. There's been a a, 
just a core of joy and thankfulness that I've been able to carry. Now in my flesh, don't get me wrong, I'm in the storm, right? It's in the flesh, it's crazy. You got a kid on the way, a seventh child on the way, a job at risk, and it's scary. But then you go back to that image of, of Peter on the boat, walking on water, right? He stares at Jesus, he's walking on water. He stares at his surroundings and he's sinking. Now he's ye of little faith. And I'm in that, that picture right there. I've got I've to stare at Jesus right now. And um, along with that too, I know you, you asked the question a lot, how do you raise your flag at work? Being a father of multiple children in this world we're in, especially in Southern California, it's weird having six kids. You know, maybe in other states it's normal. I don't know. I haven't been in other states. <laughs> You're shaking your head. Uh, but it's weird these days. People are going, well, why would you need so many kids? You don't own a farm, right? I get that question a lot. Why? Why do you have so many kids? And that's my favorite. I bring up family instantly with prospects, people I'm meeting, because I love family. That's what I'm all about, right? It's, it's, well, besides, I'm, I'm all about being a follower of Jesus. But aside from that, God's given me this great family. So it's one of the first things I talk about. And um, it, it brings a, a witness to people right away. Because why? What's my why for having so many kids? Because they're a gift in God's word. You talk to the world, they're a burden, right? You, have, you can have one or two and be safe. But you have three, four, now you're outnumbered. And you have a five and six. That's a financial liability. I've had people tell me, oh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, part of my language, oh, you're screwed, right? That, that's a response I've gotten. You know, you go from your first to second kid, oh, congratulations, it's amazing, to, oh, man, you're, you're in trouble. How, why would you do that to yourself? I got all the numbers of every doctor that does, uh, um, what do you call that uh, when you get snipped? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> the people saying, get, get snipped already. Stop it. I'm like, no, this is my calling in life. Yeah, yeah, you guys talk a lot about discipling on this program. I've got six children I come home to every single day that I'm responsible for discipling. That's an, that's an amazing blessing. Amazing. I get to pray with. So I carry my white flag everywhere because of that. What, and what a blessing that is. So, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot that God has blessed me with uh, organically that I, I could go on about. Mm-hmm. Um, what a joy. What a joy. What an absolute joy around so many different areas that you just shared there. And I appreciate your vulnerability, right? That that phrase that the Lord has laid on my heart of vulnerability is the key to intimacy and intimacy is the antidote to isolation. And so I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, you are going through the struggle. The, the waves of life are crashing. The winds are blowing. Jesus didn't lie in Matthew chapter seven at the very end of his sermon on the Mount. He said, is your house built on rock or is it built on sand? Because tell me, I tell you, the storms are coming. I was in Mobile, Alabama last Friday. Six days later, there's 12-foot storm surges. The storms are not an if, but a when. And you are experiencing them, but you are showing that regardless of the storms that come, the wind that blows, the waves that are crashing, where your house is built. And I just am so thankful for your your boldness, but also your your humility around the challenges in that it's not always easy. And what a beautiful illustration of discipleship. I mean, that is exactly right. You're going to be a steward of those children. And so as we wrap up today, 
Can you just talk a little bit about, obviously you have the, the responsibility, but also the opportunity to disciple your children. Can you talk a little bit about the discipleship in your life or peer groups in your life and the impact that it's positively had on you? Oh, it's huge. I mean, especially right now, you know, my poor wife, she's pregnant, right? So she's, it's hard for her to deal with bad news, right? And say, hey, here's my moaning and groaning. So to be able to call on my buddies from CBMC, I mean, gosh, even you reaching out via text um, all the way from Minnesota, uh, just the, the men that God has laid in my life, uh, I call it a boat, right? We're like disciples in a boat. And to be able to sit there and share in our victories and our uh, concerns, our burdens, I should say, has just been incredible. I mean, mm -hmm. I that idea of coveting someone's prayers, I feel that right now, right? I'm calling men because I'm saying, hey, I just, I just want the comfort of, of prayer right now. I don't, I don't necessarily need a, a direct solution, but thank God I'm, I'm not alone. I can't imagine if mm -hmm. I didn't have my God to pray to, my brothers in Christ to turn to, um, this would be a, this would be a rough road. Mm. Well, Scott, it's been just an awesome 25 minutes together. I'm going to transition here to our verse of the day. I'm so grateful that, that Bill McAvenny got connected with you and, and sought after you and got you connected to what we're doing and, and at a deeper level as we push to connect millennial guys around the country to discipleship and to peer groups within CBMC. And so as we wrap up today, we're going to show your verse of the day, which is James 1, 2, and 4, which is consider, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be complete. And it goes on to say lacking nothing, but our mm -hmm. banner ran out there. So what has this verse meant to you and what does it mean to you in your life currently? Yeah, this is that starting with the, uh, the end and working backwards. I mean, considering it pure joy when you're facing trials, isn't that opposite of the world? I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy that, that, used to idolize worrying. And when I read this, oh, no, I, in this storm I'm in, I'm not being called to worry. I'm not being called to panic and stress and, uh, you know, tear off my clothes. No, I'm, 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 being, I'm being called to consider this joy. Mm. And God's doing something. I mean, I loved your text the other day when you were like, you're, you're entering a world of promotion. And yeah, God's, He's doing something. There's there's a callus in the works. There's uh, there's something on the horizon, and I'm thankful for that. I'm on my God's shoulder, my dad's shoulders right now. And uh, we'll see we'll see what the uh, the 50 year old me is gonna look back on my 38 year old self. <laughs> yeah, or even your 40 year old self. Yeah, which is which is right around the corner, but yet a long way away. <laughs> Scott, what a joy to have you on! Thanks for all you are doing out there in Southern California. Thanks, you're an encouragement, encouragement to me, and encouragement to a lot of the other younger millennial guys on the show. I know you're doing such a good job balancing kind of family and work, and and more than anything, putting your relationship with the Lord as number one. So I'm so thankful that Bill McAvenny and CBMC connected the two of us, and I'm just excited for what's what's ahead for you. So have a great rest of your weekend, and thanks for who you are and what you're doing. Thanks, John. This is a blessing. Appreciate right, take it. Take care. All right. Whew. Man, it's like, I think this is episode 43. And it's what an honor and a privilege to meet guys like Scott. I mean, just to hear these stories. And 
uh, seven children. And, and when I think back onto some of the, the points that he made is this concept of children are, are a burden or are they a blessing and a gift? And he's using the scriptural basis that they, in fact, are a blessing and a gift. So he talked about one of the key takeaways for me was keeping a heavenly perspective. Begin with the end in mind. It's actually uh, one of, I believe, the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. I believe one of those is to begin with the end in mind. So in your life, your spiritual life, your personal life, your professional life, how can your end perspective drive your present activities? How can you begin with the end in mind? Um, the other thing that he talked a lot about, which I just absolutely loved with this concept of being on uh, shoulders as a child, being on your parents' shoulders and, and wanting to direct where to go, but you only have so much influence and just understanding that your heavenly father has the direction planned out for where he wants to take you and just to be able to rest in that. And he shared the, the vulnerability piece. I mean, his, his job is at risk. And odds would say, is it possible he will keep his job? Absolutely. Is it probable? It's not looking too good. But Scott knows as a follower of Jesus that God is doing something and he's called to faith over fear. And he made this distinction that his flesh is worried. That's normal. It's normal for our flesh to feel these feelings of, of fear and, and uncertainty, but our faith and the spirit and the fruits of the spirit, love and joy. And Scott is demonstrating peace. I mean, if you listening to this or watching this didn't see just the most peace-filled guy amongst craziness, I mean, come on. It was so great. So Scott mentioned the power of discipleship in his life and the power of peer groups. And we want to get you connected to the same thing. So if you are looking for a guy to mentor you, disciple you, or a group of guys to run with, go to ycbguy.com. Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G-U-Y.com. Fill out your information and we will get you connected. Or if you want to have a discussion about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to process this, we have guys that want to have those types of conversations. So visit ycbguy.com, fill out your information, get connected. Thanks for tuning in today, September 17th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host. Remember, stay on purpose, and we'll see you next time. Take care.